Pray with me. Holy Creator, prepare our hearts, open our minds, and fill us with your Spirit. Amen. This time of pandemic finds us in a place that might make it easier than it ever has been to empathize with Jesus' disciples described in this reading from John. There are a few of us here in this physical space so that we can facilitate worship together, but I'm standing here facing a mostly empty room and trying to remember to look at the right camera. You're all out there in your homes with families or your pets or your plants or all of the above, watching now on Facebook Live or later today or this week on YouTube or maybe just listening via St. John's Church on Spotify or iTunes. And I know that I'm stating the obvious, but I'm also plugging the various ways people can connect with us remotely. We're all muddling through a new way of doing things and conducting our lives that is more different and in some ways more horrific than any of us could have ever imagined. Throughout much of this stay-at-home order, I have shifted between feeling okay and just kind of meh. And sometimes that happens multiple times a day. Sometimes it's worse. There have been a few days when I essentially stayed in bed or cried or both. And I'm just still waiting not to feel off and to be able to concentrate on something productive for more than an hour at a time. And really, to be honest, an hour is kind of pushing it. I know I'm not the only one who feels this way. I think all of us likely have similar experiences. In fact, some of you have confirmed that with me. I know that we're all traumatized and we're all grieving. Our very real experiences with trauma and grief right now put us all in a different place to engage today's gospel text than we have likely ever been before. When all of this started, and I was trying to make some sense of how I felt, someone shared with me an article on grief, and then I was able to understand some of what I was feeling. We are grieving. We are confused. We are traumatized. We are afraid. And suddenly, in 2020, we can relate how it feels to be hunkered down in our own homes, We can relate to the disciples' feelings of trauma and grief and isolation. And some of you may have already encountered this gospel story from that place. And as someone who's really experiencing this for the first time, I'm so sorry that any of you would have to endure this more than once. Much like the first followers of Jesus in today's reading, we cannot escape the reality that we find ourselves in. Our lives have been quickly and irrevocably changed. This text takes us later in the day of Easter. Most of the disciples are locked indoors. They're afraid, confused, traumatized, grieving. But Jesus somehow shows up in this locked home and three things happen. First, He greets those who are crippled by confusion, fear, trauma, and grief by saying, Peace be with you. Second, Jesus shows them his wounds 
And it's important to note that not until then, not until they see his wounds, the disciples actually recognize him. And third, Jesus imbues them with the Holy Spirit and empowers them to be his presence in the world. The title of this sermon is, Could We Start Again, Please? And that was inspired from a song from Jesus Christ Superstar, which I want to do as a one-man show one day. And it's also the way I think we're all feeling right now. Could we start again, please? But if we're going to ask that question, then it's very important that we are very, very clear on how we're going to answer it. Now, if you know me, you know that I am not a fan of Christianity being done the way it has always been done. I've been there and done that. I am not interested in a faith tradition that beats me with a stick labeled hellfire and damnation to make me cower in fear of eternal retribution for my sins. I am not interested in a faith tradition that tells me that my queerness or anyone's gender means that we are unworthy of standing in a pulpit. I am not interested in a faith tradition that is more interested in scapegoating certain people for somehow incurring God's wrath on our country because of their so-called sin. That is the Christianity that harmed and traumatized me. That is the Christianity that harmed and traumatized many of you. That is the Christianity that paralyzes and controls people with fear and shame. And I will tell you with utter confidence right now, that is not the Christianity of the Jesus that we are talking about, and it is not the Christianity of St. John's Church, Columbus. So, when we ask the question, could we start again, please? Be certain that my answer will not be to go back where we were, but to move into something that we can become. Jesus comes into the room where the disciples are and says, Peace be with you. Peace in the midst of confusion. Peace in the midst of fear. Peace in the midst of trauma. Peace in the midst of grief. As Paul wrote to the church at Philippi, a peace that surpasses all understanding. Have you heard that before? Peace that passes understanding? When I was a kid, we used to sing that as a verse of, I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. And it was actually many years before I realized that peace that passes understanding was not peace of pastor's understanding. And that could be a whole other conversation and was just the beginning of a lifetime of mishearing lyrics. You can ask me about the Go-Go's sometime. But the first step to starting again is to find peace. Jesus says, peace be with you. He doesn't call for retribution against the priests and the Roman governor. He doesn't ask his friends why they didn't try to do more to save him. He doesn't shame Peter for denying him. He doesn't lay blame on anyone. He just says, peace 
be with you. Right now, peace is really hard to find. Figuring out a way to be okay is difficult, let alone finding peace. I don't think that there's a magic or special way for us to, fi- to reach peace. And I don't think that any of us need to feel that we're not close enough to God if we don't feel that peace right now. What I do think is that we need to know that peace is God's wish and desire for us. I do think that the natural world around us, creation, can help us find peace. Close to the beginning of the stay-at-home order, a member of our St. John's community posted on Facebook how observing the flowers budding, animals and trees and other natural things helped her find some peace. That resonated with me, and I have clung to it many times to help me bring peace and reduce my anxiety and fear. Human beings are the only species on the planet right now who are not oblivious to this pandemic. And I don't think that we should be. That's part of us being thinking beings. But I certainly have drawn comfort from my pets, seeing bees starting to buzz outside, seeing the flowers and trees budding, listening to thunderstorms. Peace is the start of beginning again. The second thing that happens when Jesus shows up is that the disciples don't recognize him until they see his wounds. Now, if you read the post-resurrection narratives in the Gospels, it's a recurring situation that people who intimately knew Jesus for years don't recognize him at first after the resurrection. And here, with his closest friends, it takes showing wounds for them to fully see Jesus. And now I want to talk about Thomas, who is typically the focus of this story, or at least when I've heard it. And this is where we get to the whole doubting Thomas thing. And there are a couple of things you should understand. The first is that when I was a kid, I don't remember how old, but I'm sure I was really young, I got excited when I found out there was a disciple named Thomas, because Thomas is my first name. And then almost instantly... I was heartbroken because Thomas got derided for taking the whole seeing as believing route. I keep in mind the Christianity I was raised in considered asking questions or expressing doubt whatsoever about what the Bible said or what the preacher said was tantamount to sin. Doubting is certainly not something a good Christian would ever do. But notice in the text today in verses 24 and 25, We're told that Thomas wasn't there when Jesus first appeared. He hears this from the other disciples who were there. And that's when he says, I'm not going to believe you until I see Jesus and I see those wounds. So a week later, Thomas is there with the rest of them and Jesus appears. Thomas sees the wounds and he believes. Thomas really isn't all that different from the rest of the crew. We don't know exactly how it went down when Jesus appeared to them on that Easter night, but we do know that the writer states they didn't recognize Jesus until he showed them his wounds. And I would venture to say that Thomas is not the only one with doubts. The story of Thomas brings us to what could be considered 
Also the final beatitude from Jesus. Blessed are those who have seen, who have not seen, but still believed. Blessed are those who have not seen, but still believed. We've read this as an admonition of Thomas alone, but couldn't it apply to all the disciples? And how does it apply now in this time of pandemic and global crisis? Have you ever heard the expression, if it was a snake, it would have bit you? might not be an Ohio thing, but it's something my mom would say all the time when I'd gone looking for something and it turned up being right where I had looked the first time. Well, if it was a snake, it would have bit you. In other words, it was right there the whole time, right where you looked. And if anything has become obvious in this time of pandemic, it is the oppression and injustice that have been there the whole time. Blessed are those who have not seen yet believed, Jesus said. I would say, and I do believe it's true, that St. John's has a community that was tuned into a lot of the wounds of the world before they became visible to everyone. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful to be part of a community that has been on the front lines of telling everyone that we need to be doing something to help those who are suffering, and we have been actively doing it. But now we find ourselves in a world where the wounds have been revealed for everyone to see. And it is beginning to open some eyes. The harm that is being done by having health insurance tied to employment. The harm that is being done by not providing paid sick leave. The harm that is being done by bailing out companies with taxpayer money and allowing them to use that money for stock buybacks and line the pockets of executives and shareholders. The harm that is being done by using rhetoric that favors fear over facts. The harm that is being done by labeling black kids thugs because they dare wear a hoodie. The harm that is being done by overcrowding our prisons because we have a warped idea that justice means retribution and only for those who can't buy their way out. The harm that is being done by preventing women from making decisions for their own reproductive health. The harm that is being done by perpetuating systems of poverty and oppression that mean black and brown people are dying of COVID-19 at significantly higher rates than white people. The harm that is being done by valuing profits and stock prices over human lives when it is clear that insulin and other drugs could have been affordable all along. The harm that is being done to my queer kin by churches that require us to change who we are to be a fully included part of their community. The harm that is being done by seizing even more land from the natives of this continent to be used to build oil pipelines. The harm that is being done by an economic system that ties retirement money to the health of the stock market. The harm that is being done by imprisoning children at our southern border. The harm that is being done by corporations somehow convincing us that our personal welfare is their concern during this pandemic when it's really just about our ability to buy their products. This list could go on and on. And for many of you, especially those of us who are part of the St. John's community, we already knew 
about many of the things on that list. We knew about the wounds and the harm, about the injustice. I dare say, though, that many of us have still learned and seen new things that have been revealed by this crisis. Blessed are those who have not seen and believed. We are called out by the risen Christ and we have been called to action. Jesus calls us to peace in the midst of uncertainty. Jesus calls us to recognize the wounds inflicted by oppression. And the third thing Jesus does when he sees his disciples is imbue them with the Holy Spirit and empower them to continue his work. Could we start again, please? The rebirth and hope that Easter brings says that the answer is yes. But only yes if we are not going back to the way we were. Jesus tells his followers that they have the power to forgive and the power to call out sins. Those were the things that he did regularly during his ministry. Our calling, our imperative, as followers of the teachings of Jesus Christ, I believe, is to conduct our lives in such a way that we must always be on the side of those who are oppressed and marginalized. We are called not just to dress the wounds that have been inflicted on people and our planet, but also to root out the systems of infection that reach every corner of our society. We are called to overturn the tables of predatory capitalism. We are called to affirm the worth of every living being on this planet, human and otherwise. We are called to ensure that because we know that medications are affordable, that people can be paid a living wage, that health insurance should not be connected to employment, that corporations do not deserve multiple bailouts or even a single bailout, we are called to ensure that we do not allow things to go back to the way they were. And we are called forth and we are backed up by the one who walked this earth and showed us how to do it and how dangerous and deadly it can be to even try. Could we start again, please? I say to you, my beloved community of St. John's, I say to my queer kin, I say to my black and brown friends, I say to those who have been traumatized and harmed by theology, I say to those who are risking their lives to help us eat and be healthy and safe, I say to the world, yes, we are going to start again. We are going to fight like we have never fought before. We are going to risk like we have never risked before. We are going to hope like we have never hoped before. We are going to love like we have never loved before. We are going to do it together. And we are going to start making some changes around here. Amen.